Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another post-game recap here in the 2022-23 season. One of my last ones before I go to Qatar for the World Cup. Obviously, the content on that is going to be on this channel as well. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper, and of course, to follow me on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Shout out to everybody in the live chat tonight. The Clippers, only one game to talk about tonight. I did say, and I will bring a you know, an update on every single team in the league before I go, like the first 10 games of each team, because I've been actually watching a lot of games from other teams, and I got a lot of thoughts. The Warriors struggles, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Cavaliers I've watched a lot of, even the Nuggets who are starting to gain their form. But tonight, we only got one game to talk about, the Battle of LA, quote-unquote. Clippers and Lakers, hasn't been much of a battle lately. Clippers getting their ninth straight win over the hallway partners. 9-0 with Ty Lewis coach. It was not a pretty one in my opinion at all. Uh, very up and down game. A total game of runs. Russell Westbrook continuing to come off the bench for the Lakers. LeBron James backed after a one game absence. But he would not finish the game. I'll talk about that as we go on. But starting lineup of the Lakers. Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves, Troy Brown, LeBron James, and AD at the 5. In which of course he doesn't like. Cameron Haseli says, honestly, enjoyed this one much more than the season opener, he says. So, the first quarter, I thought it was a very meh start for the Clippers. Immediately, what stuck out to me is Patrick Beverly was guarding Paul George. And for the second consecutive game that we played against the Lakers, Paul George started out on some bullshit against Patrick Beverly in the first, when he was in the game. If you actually go back and watch the beginning of this game, when Patrick Beverly was in, Paul George was struggling. This man, it was 10 to 13. Clippers were winning when Pat Bev came out of the game at the 629 mark, and then PG started getting off. But one thing about P Pat Bev is he's really getting in his airspace. He caused two turnovers on Paul George in like the first five minutes of the game. Actually, it may have been three. And again, I really don't understand why Paul George makes the game so complicated for himself sometimes. Like, when he again tonight it was the same story when he caught the ball at the elbow or the mid post he scored basically every time in fact tonight was the first night where he caught the ball in that area and actually didn't score in the third quarter on two straight possessions one of them there was a double team where i don't think paul went fast enough he took too long to make his move when the whole baseline side was wide open and then right after that he shot a tough turnaround over his left shoulder and missed but overall when he got into that mid post area he was dominant. He just shoots right over the top of him. It's so much easier. And not even just him, anybody. Just the constant need to have to dribble at the top. And, you know, your defense might be, well, you need someone to play make at the top and run those pick and rolls. A lot of times he's not even doing pick and rolls. He's literally just dancing at the top. 
It's like it's so unnecessary. You're making the game so hard on yourself, and you're wasting a lot of energy that way. And plus, teams are eventually going to have to double Paul George in that mid-post area or that elbow area. He's going to be able to create for others. It's not just going to be like he's just getting shots with nobody moving the ball. And by the way, I'm going to talk about it in the sec- when I talk about the second quarter. But there were stretches in this game where the Clippers are just not moving the ball at all. Just isolating and just dribbling constantly. It's just It was just nonsense. But I want to go to a comment right now. Alex Delata says, great game by our Clips. Norm came out to shell the last two games, and John Wall showed a lot of promise with that playmaking, putting pressure on them, driving quickly. All right. Let's talk about how the Clippers built the lead. When Pat Bev came out of the game, and I don't want to give Patrick Beverly too much credit, Paul George started cooking. I mean, he started getting over screens in mid-ranges. He hit a couple of threes. He hit some tough shots. Got into the mid-post area a little bit and was just getting off. Had 15 points, I believe, in the first quarter by the end of it. And the Clippers went up 38-21 to to end the quarter. It was a really great ending to the quarter. And one thing that kind of stuck out early as well is that they weren't really putting Zubats in the action that much to start the game. It was a lot of stagnant possessions for the Lakers as well, with LeBron shooting a lot of them. And he was making tonight. He actually had a very efficient shooting night. Started out really well. Made his first six shots. But when LeBron isolates, it's very stagnant. He takes a long time to do it, and it kind of hinders ball movement a lot. And I also think that the Lakers, they just made a lot of stupid plays in the beginning of the game. Like in the first quarter, just really careless turnovers. I think LeBron had two. Westbrook had two. AD, his jumper is so broke. Like, it's crazy how much broke it's how much more broke it's gotten over the years. Like, his, he, I saw a stat today that he's shooting 26% for mid-range. That mid-range used to be fairly money in New Orleans and in the first year of the Lakers. I mean, it may not have been great, but 19%. It's like at this point, you just wanted to shoot any jumper of any kind. And right now, that's part of the reason to me why he's only averaging 22, 23 points per game. You know, when the second half comes around and AD slows down so much, part of it is because Anthony Davis is getting a little tired. He does not have the same athleticism and durability that he used to have. He gets a little worn down, and when he settles for jumpers and can't hit a shot to save his life from outside the paint, then it's tough. It's really tough for him. And I've noticed that the best way to get AD scoring right now is to get him on the move, whether it be in a pick-and-roll situation or a screen for him off the ball where he catches the ball on the move or catches the ball already within 10 feet and he can take his defender off the dribble a little bit. He has that nice move where he rips through to his right, goes into the into the body with his left shoulder, and then puts up that little push or jump hook kind of thing, that little baby jump hook. That's a decent move he's got in his arsenal. But again, right now his bag is very limited, and he wasn't really scaring anybody. And I also noticed though that the Clippers weren't putting him in the action that much in the first half. I mean, putting him in the action in terms of trying to draw him out of the paint. But with Zubats, they weren't putting him in the action because they knew AD would be in drop coverage. This was in the first quarter, by the way. Fourth quarter, things changed. But in the first quarter, I don't remember us going to Zubats much in drop coverage with AD guarding him because I think they were trying to keep AD away from the play. But overall, great first quarter by the Clips. They led it 38-21 after one. But the second quarter was another example of some second quarter blues. And I think a big reason is because when Paul George comes to the bench, we need to get better shots. You know, And I want to read the lineup that let the Lakers completely back in this game in that second quarter. It started with Ivica Zubats, John Wall, Norman Powell, and I believe Terrence Mann and someone else, and Nico Batum. But John Wall came out actually at the 10:50 mark of the second quarter with the Clippers up 14, 40 to 26. Reggie Jackson came in for him. 
And, oh boy, it was just not good basketball being played by the Clippers. Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Ivica Zubats, and Nico Batum. Obviously, in that lineup, it's going to be Norman Powell and Reggie Jackson creating shots. And the Clippers went up by 17, 45 to 28, and then it all kind of went south. A lot of bad possessions for the Clippers. Tough threes, turnovers. You know, Nico turned the ball over once. Norman Powell turned the ball over in an offensive foul. <coughs> And it just got stagnant, really stagnant. You know, the Lakers switched a little bit more. And it's just a lot of, what. even when teams switch everything, I think the Clippers need to do a better job of just moving the ball and trying to attack with guys closing out hard. Just a bunch of dribbling, 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 and then pass with no screen. I thought a lot of half-ass screens were being set. It was really, really bad offense. And Anthony Davis started to slowly kind of get things going in terms of rolling to the basket, tipping the ball in. And Russell Westbrook, again, I actually thought he had a really solid game, putting pressure on the Clipper defense, getting to the basket. He only shot 40%, and part of that's because he was 0 for 3 from deep, but he was 50% from 2. 14 points for him, but he did turn the ball over too much. I also thought his defense was pretty good. But in the second quarter, Clippers got outscored 31-16. to It was a really bad second quarter. The Lakers even tied the game at 48 with 3.26 to go in the first half. Paul George hit a big jumper, though, right after that from the right wing to kind of restore order. But it wasn't a pretty ending, a pretty second quarter, point blank. I mean, when the Clippers are only scoring 16 points, still a lot of stagnant offense. And as a point guard, I know I don't want to badger him too much because he actually ended the game well. But Reggie Jackson at times, he really hijacks the offense. Like, no pun intended with the Jacks, but he hijacks the offense sometimes. Like, he just constantly wants to run pick and roll with him. Like, dude, you have players on this team that are, like, not much worse than you. But then in the second half, everything changed. And it starts with the Vitsu Zubats. I thought he totally outplayed AD in the second half. I did think AD had a better second half than some of the second halves he's had this year, which isn't saying much because he's really been quiet in the second half this year. But at least, like, for example, in the third quarter, he was two for five, shot a three. Again, in the same way with Russell Westbrook, although Russell Westbrook has actually been making his threes lately, but Anthony Davis shooting, I already said mid-ranges, it looks bad, but I would still encourage him to take some. His three ball, he just needs to can it all together. I think it's an extremely low percentage. There's no point of him taking it. Defenses aren't going to respect it. And even if he makes one, they're not going to respect it either. He should just not be spotting up there, especially when he's playing the five. It's just totally not necessary. But he was actually four for seven in the in the second half. So that's better from AD. But again, he's just not aggressive enough. And a couple of the misses were because Ivica Zubats, just his rim protection got sharper in the second half I also thought the Lakers were putting him in the action more in the second half and I think that it's because they wanted to get AD going more it's like we want to get our, our best player going on these rolls and he had a couple of nice finishes on rolls especially the LeBron AD pick and roll I'm surprised they didn't go to that more but I think a large reason is because they know Ivica Zubats is leading the league in blocks and they didn't want to go to him too much they wanted to put the smaller guys in the pick and roll but in the second half, Zoo not only protected the rim well, he had a nice and one on, some, on an up and under, finished around the rim well, totally outplayed AD, was active on the offensive glass, just doing a really good job. And Paul George had a couple of shots as well. 
But again, the Clippers had a stretch in the third quarter where it wasn't pretty either. I thought they came out and played well to start the quarter, and that wasn't surprising at all given the way the Lakers have played in third quarters. You know, and I thought the Laker defense tonight guarding ball screens, especially the small, small ones. We saw a lot of success for the Clippers the other night when I went to the game against the Cavs with those smalls setting the screen for Paul George. And there were bad moments tonight, but there were also good moments. And Austin Reeves is really struggling to get over the screens. And I think Austin's not having as good of a season as he had last year. I think he's been very passive on offense, second-guessing everything he's doing out there. He's got, There was a moment like where guys are running him off the line and he's wide open for a mid-range, but instead he wants to go right into the best shot blocker in basketball right now's like, body with Zoo. And he, again, that's not even just him. That's the analytics encouraging look. If you're not a guy that shoots mid-ranges a lot, it's either threes or at the rim. It's like preventing him from developing another skill to his game. When when teams are when teams are running you off the line and the big man's sitting in the restricted area and you've got a wide open mid range and you're Austin Reeves against Zoo, come on, man, you gotta have a floater or mid range to your game. There, it's not like you're just this insanely explosive guy. Even though Austin Reeves does have bounce, you're some insanely explosive guy that's just gonna dunk on Zoo or just easily get a foul. Zoo's done a great job being vertical for not just this season but quite some time now. And overall. He just changed the game to me in that third quarter. I thought, though, the bad stretch, you know, the Clippers were up by 11 points, 67 to 56, but a bad stretch was, again, the, like the last five minutes of the quarter. Actually, no, I would say between, like, Clippers went up 69-58, I'd say between the 644 mark of the third quarter all the way to the... 217 mark so like the last those four minutes it was really bad again very stagnant offense you know Patrick Beverly doing a good job on Paul George and that's when Paul started missing even when he went to the mid post area I just think at times he still makes it too hard for himself I'd rather him catch the ball there and Reggie Jackson just way too much dribbling way too much him trying to run pick and rolls like dude you need to understand your role on this team it's like I love you, Reggie. Like, I really love you. And I'm not going to say trade Reggie. Like, I love Reggie. I'm not going to say trade him or anything like that. But he needs to be a little bit less aggressive. Because Norman Powell, who I was very critical of in the beginning of the season, has been a lot better lately. Like, he had another really good game tonight. Being aggressive, getting to the rim, fighting over screens. He even drew a charge on LeBron. And LeBron had a good game tonight. He also made a, a three. He also got into the mid-range getting over when when he was playing in pick and roll and teams were dropping. He was hitting the mid-range. He hit one going to his left. I mean, I thought Norman Powell played really solid tonight, and I think he could have played even better if he got the ball a little bit more. But the way the Clippers restored order going into the fourth, and I ultimately think this was the difference in the game, was the ending to that third quarter because the Lakers got it within two, 71-73. But again, he's hit timely shots all year for the Clippers. And who was it? That hit the big three, Marcus Morris Sr. Shot making, again, another night of him just hitting. Hitting contested shots, facing up over guys 18 feet, 15 feet. Hit a big three there. Hit two big threes, actually, at the end of the third quarter. And the one of them that put the Clippers up 11, 84 to 73 after Norman Powell hit a three. Great stuff. And Terrence Mann, I thought, even though he came off the bench tonight, Luke Kennard back in the starting lineup, really solid minutes from Terrence again. Not as good as the Cleveland game, but just his energy. He gets to the basket, 
And he even, there was a play where he got to the basket off a John Wall pass, and that was from a small, small pick and roll. So going back to Austin Reeves, he's really struggling to get over screens. It's not just his deep, his offensive struggles. He's really struggling to get over screens on certain guards. And the Clippers twice took advantage of wings or guards setting the screens and pick and rolls with John Wall as the ball handler in this run. It was Paul George one time slipping to the basket and Terrence Mann slipping to the basket. And Lakers got to know what they're doing. If they're going to hedge, they got to blitz that hard so the point guard can't make a pass to just one pass away to the, to the roller. Got to take that pass away. Make him pass it so you can pass it somewhere else so you can rotate back to your man. Or you got to switch and be fast on those switches. You can't switch and then still let a guy roll past you and you know have a free run to the rim. That's just not, not acceptable. But Clippers ending the quarter very strong and led it 87 to 75 going into the fourth. And the fourth was just kind of an exchanging baskets kind of deal. The tough part for the Lakers, LeBron James went out of the game with an apparent leg injury. He did not close the game, even though he had a good offensive night. I thought defensively he wasn't that great. There were a couple times where he was falling asleep and he didn't actually guard anybody good. That's not really his job, but his job is to be a little sharp on rotations, and I thought he wasn't that sharp on rotations. He had a couple plays where he hustled, like getting back, like went for a chase down block, but not much of an impact from him defensively. I thought Westbrook's defense was pretty good, though. AD, not as involved defensively as usual. I think that was by design for the Clippers. Um, I just think he doesn't look 100% also, but he's still such a positive on the court for the Lakers. I think Zubats is also just a really good player, and he's playing the best ball of his life right now, so it wasn't easy. Um, every, let me think who else. I was thinking of someone else. For the Lakers. But yeah. Fourth quarter was just kind of an exchanging baskets deal. Although, you know, I got a little nervous. Reggie Jackson came into the game for John Wall at the seven-minute mark. With the Clippers up by 12. And I was a little bit nervous. The Lakers cut it down to nine. But Reggie Jackson kept putting Anthony Davis in the pick and roll with Ivica Zubats, and he was hitting some floaters finally, hitting some mid-ranges. I was getting nervous because literally every single time it was Reggie attacking and trying to run pick and roll. Like, not Norman, not Paul George. It's like, <coughs> we don't need to live and die by Reggie anymore. Like, seriously, we don't need to live and die by Reggie. But he made his shots. He closed the game, and for the second straight game, he's been clutch, and the Clippers weren't really threatened at the end. Final score... 114 a 101 from the Staples Center in a Clipper home game. The Lakers drop to 0 and 5 on the road. 2 and 9 overall, a nightmare start to the season for the Lakers. Even though I think they've played better basketball than last season, I think LeBron just looks older and not as good even though he had a decent game tonight. A good game overall. I mean, especially offensively. I don't think I still just don't think his defense was that great. Anthony Davis was okay. Not great, to be honest. Westbrook, pretty decent. The supporting cast, though, just so buns. So buns. And right now, the Lakers, it's a whole mess between the ownership. They don't want to go over the tax. They're just being really cheap. It's just not like the Lakers, who I don't really know what's going on financially. It's like, do you have all this money from being the most powerful franchise in the NBA? Or, like, are you broke? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you go over the tax for certain role players? Like, we say that they have no money to spend because they have three max contracts. But I don't know. Can you go over the tax? Uh, I don't know what to do if you're the Lakers, man. Like, it, you got to question if AD and LeBron can really do this anymore. Like, you might say that, oh, we got to trade Russ to get some shooters, revamp the supporting cast, but I really don't know if LeBron and AD can lead a team to a chip anymore. You really think they can? They're way off what they were in 2020. And that brings the question, do you trade LeBron or AD? That's not the Laker way. 
a lot of tough decisions, and I don't know if Jeannie Buss is fit to fit fit to make those decisions. I think you've got to start calling Jeannie into question now. Rob Palinka still has a job. You know, last season we can put the blame a lot of it on West on LeBron and AD for recruiting Russ. It was very clear that they went for him, and Palinka didn't care for him. So that was a mistake on their part. But this season you had a summer to at least try to make this better. You hired a good coach, but I mean, obviously Patrick Beverly has not planned has not panned out the way they thought, but. I mean, he just has done a terrible job since they won the championship. Terrible job, starting with the way he he removed LeBron from the point guard position by getting Dennis Schroeder. I don't know if LeBron wanted another ball handler or not, but it's never been good since then. He has done a poor job. Let's read the stat lines for today's game. Nine straight wins against the Lakers. We will take it, even though that's not really a cool to brag about anymore. Um, Ty Lue undefeated against them, against his former team. The Lakers, they played an eight-man rotation tonight, really. Toscano Anderson played four minutes, and it was funny because he came in to guard Zubots, and he was playing in drop coverage, and I thought it was just a weird look. They just felt very small, and the Lakers canned it really quick. Um, actually, you can say they played a nine-man rotation because Wenyan Gabriel played nine minutes. He shot once, shot two free throws, and made all his shots, had four, four points. Max Christie played tonight. He was very quiet. Three points on one three-point shot. That was the only shot he took. Kendrick Nunn played 13 minutes, and my God, man, he's been a disaster. His decision-making, and there was some really, really bad basketball being played tonight by both teams, like just stupid basketball. Like Paul George, for example, not wanting to play out of the mid-post elbow area more. Really ridiculous. Lakers had AD on mismatches so many times. Don't throw him the ball. AD gets the mismatch, backs his guy down, and fades away instead of going towards the basket. Don't understand that. LeBron throwing reckless passes that are, well, that, that, that's a thing that he does sometimes. Reggie Jackson just constantly ball pounding. Austin Reeves neglecting mid-ranges for running at the rim at the teeth of the defense. Luke Kennard, somebody's running him off the line, doesn't step into the 18-footer that he's so cash at, wants to take a side back, a step back for a three, and the defender gets back in the picture. I mean, no high-low when AD's getting fronted in the post, double-teamed off the ball in the post. It's just such poor basketball, very low IQ stuff, and Kendrick Nunn contributed to that. It's just shooting when he like does shouldn't shoot, and then indecisive when he's coming off screens. He just looks lost. He looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there. 13 minutes for him, 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 2 from deep, a donut. He just looks like he can't do something right right now. It's crazy. And then Westbrook, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. He did turn the ball over four times, though. Six for 15 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep in 30 minutes. I thought, you know, not bad, honestly. Starters, Austin Reeves, not a very good game. Even those plus minus says otherwise. He was plus one, but don't think he was very good. Eight points, three for 10 from the field. The guy cannot hit a three right now. One for five from deep. And again, the Lakers not shooting very well from deep. 31%, 10 for 32. Where was Lonnie Walker tonight? I just realized I didn't play, and he's been the third best player or fourth best player on the team for the Lakers. Uh, this year second straight game with illness okay interesting that was a big loss pat bev i actually thought he played okay because he did a good job on paul george when he was guarding him seven points two rebounds four assists but he had five fouls he was plus three on the court um, and i think that actually does match the eye test they did well when he was on the court 35 minutes for him two for eight but two for five from deep he missed a couple of chippies though a layup that he just always used to make it's weird um, but he did shoot 40% from three. So if you're a Laker fan, maybe you can get some rhythm going from there. Troy Brown, when you talk about low IQ decisions, I think he takes shots like he's a star. 
to some very questionable shots. 14 points and four rebounds for him tonight. Six for 10 from the field, so he shot well from the field. Two for six from deep, though, and I think a lot of those threes are just unnecessary, tough shots. AD, 21 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one block, three turnovers, nine for 16 from the field. I mean, again, efficient night, but it's like you got to get 20 shot attempts up there, man. LeBron, 30 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, three turnovers. He didn't end the game. 12 for 22 from the field and four for nine from deep. He had a good shooting night. The Lakers turned the ball over 15 times. See if I can find any other interesting team stats. They only shot 65% from the line, too, 11 for 17. 45.5% from the field, so not terrible there. But, yeah. As for the Clippers, who won the game, they went nine deep. And a guy that got left out of the rotation tonight, Robert Covington. And you know a lot of people talking about it. He was a DNP straight up. Um... He hasn't been great lately, I'm not going to lie. He's taken a lot of really questionable shots, contested threes, he doesn't need to take them. He hasn't been that great defensively. He hasn't been a huge difference maker as the small ball five like he was expected to be. Maybe he needs to be surrounded by Kawhi and other big wings at all times. And you know what? It's like, it's not a terrible decision for one game, I'm not going to lie. If it means more Terrence, Terrence man, then I'm okay with it. Tonight, Robert Covington didn't play. But I, I'm not saying exile him to the bench. I hope he still plays. But um, nine-man rotation for the Clippers tonight. Not even going 10 deep. Nico Batum, 16 minutes. Fairly quiet, but I think he had a better game tonight. Just doing little things, playing decent defense. Not many defensive miscues, but offensively, you need a little better from him. He needs to start making his shots. He only shot one time tonight. It was a three, and he missed. Two points and six boards. Uh, Terrence Mann. The highest plus-minus of any Clipper tied with Paul George. 21 minutes played for him, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. No turnovers. He was plus 16, 3 for 6 on the field, and 1 for 2 from deep. He's really shooting very efficiently this year. People are sleeping on that. No one's talking about it. He's been very good about taking the right shots. John Wall, I thought he was really solid, especially that late third quarter stretch. But he needs to stop shooting threes. Like, he's having a tough time with his jump shot, but I just think he needs to quit it. Like, forget it, man. Not everyone needs to do it, and you have such great rim pressure that you don't need to do that. It's a bailout for the defense. One for five from deep for him tonight. Just so unnecessary. Three for ten from the field. Ten points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals and a block. No turnovers. I thought he was really solid. Plus nine on the on the floor. Just can do without the threes. And then Norman Powell, again, a really solid night. Just seven, I think it was 17 uh, against the Cavs, and then 18 again tonight. If he continues to just give us 15 points per game efficiently, that's all we need. That's all we need. 18 points for him tonight, three assists, five for 10 from the field, two for five from deep, and six for seven from the line. Also, I do want to give a shout out to John Wall, three for three from the foul line. He's really struggled from there lately. Really good to see him knock those down. As for the starters, Luke Kennard played the lowest. Actually, no, Reggie played the lowest minutes. Didn't feel like that. John Wall played 23 minutes. Reggie played 24. So I like it better there, but I still want to see John play more minutes. Reggie, 14 points. Four turnovers, though. Three assists. Seven for 14 from the field, so 50%. He shot two threes and missed them both. But it is good to see him shoot 50%. Luke Kennard played 25 minutes, and I thought he was really solid. 13 points, three rebounds, two assists. No turnovers, 5 for 9 from the field, and 50% from 3, 3 for 6. And it's funny because even if he was 50%, or even though he was 50%, 
it feels like he still missed more than he made. I don't know. It's just because we feel like I think I, I have the feeling that Luke's going to make every three he takes. So it's like a weird feeling. And then the big boys. Marcus Morris Sr. with another really solid game. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 4 for 9 from the field, and an efficient 3 for 5 from deep. The Clippers as a team shot 12 for 33 from deep, so not great. 36.4%, but better than some games they've shot. And then Zoo, a really good second half. 2 rebounds short of the double-double. He had 10 points, 8 boards, 2 blocks, 4 for 4 from the field, though didn't miss a shot. Two for five from the line, though. Could have made one or two more there. And then our player of the game, for me, Paul George, still just playing some really great basketball right now. It's just great to see him lead the way. He really feels like our franchise player right now. Sorry, Kawhi Leonard out with his ninth straight game. He's just right now, he's the man. And he was the man last season. He was the man when we needed to get out of the second round. I just He's, he's probably my favorite player on the team. Him or Luke Kennard. I'm sorry, him or Terrence Mann. But Paul George, I'm not going to say he's better than Kawhi, but... To me, he's been a better Clipper. He has to me. And just these moments where it's him and no Kawhi so much just brings you closer to him, you know, in terms of as a fan, in terms of like enjoying watching him play, the wins, the losses, the ups and the downs. You got to love the way he's playing. And right now he's playing great defense too. It's not just his offense. You know, he's doing a decent job guarding the ball, but it's off ball where he's been really effective. His, his uh, rotations have been better, but his active hands, you know, a couple times the Lakers tried the small, small pick and roll on us. Very quickly, Clippers read it and, and just snuffed it out right away. They telegraphed it to Lakers, and Paul got a nice steal on one of them. Just very active hands. Had a nice block on Patrick Beverly, which I particularly enjoyed. 29 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, just 4 turnovers. We can do without some of those. 10 for 17 from the field for Paul, so very efficient. 2 for 7 from deep. 7 for 9 from the line in 36 minutes of play. He's just been awesome. And I got one last thing to say. Weak-ass Lakers. Weak-ass Lakers. Get them the fuck out of here. Pat Bev, talking all that shit. I told you you would come back to bite you, brother. And again, it's all love. But not when it's in between the lines, my friend. And I want you to lose every game that you play for that team because of what you said. It didn't matter if you would have stayed on Minnesota. I still would have hated. Because you went to call us the weak-ass Clippers. Well, the weak-ass Clippers have just gotten two wins on you so far this season, and we're not even 13 games in. And guess what? Those whoopings are coming more. Uh, they're coming fast, and they're coming. And they're not just going to come from the Clippers either. Karma's a bitch, my friend, and I got a date with her right now. Have a nice night. Live chat subscribers, I'm coming to you now. Thanks for joining me. Peace out. Probably one or two episodes left for the podcast in terms of NBA before the World Cup, but the World Cup episodes coming up, the group previews I'm doing are going to be so good. Stay tuned for those. You're going to love them. Great guests coming.